Welcome to Trivial Debate. Okay, welcome everyone to this month's edition of Trivial Debates. This is the ultimate pop culture challenge. Uh, I'm your host this week, Chris Seymour. Uh, we have some awesome new debates this month. Uh, each episode, our, our panelists will be judged and scored on their arguments for facts, passion, and creativity. Our panelists this week are all the way from Nova Scotia. We have Devon. Devon, but close enough. Devon. <laughs> Devon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, don't worry about it. That happens every day. Oh, Gavin? Yep. Gavin is better? Okay. Yep. <laughs> and our most experienced. Maybe I want a new persona. Maybe go with the other one. <laughs> our, our most experienced uh, guest this week, uh, contestant number two, is Jessica. Just one other time I've been on here. So your expectations <laughs> like down here. That's what I'm oh, I expect you to be fantastic this week, Jessica. You're, you're... <laughs> Jessica <laughs> strong. And uh, another first timer all the way from Burlington, Ontario is Max. Max is first time here too. So uh, good luck to you, Max. Gonna be first and number one, baby. <laughs> How the show works is there are six rounds plus a speed round by our top two panelists. We're gonna argue movies, TV, music, sports, history, and then there's a wild card question. Uh, we do want people to be passionate, but not personally mean to each other. Well, as much as possible. Um, keep in mind, uh, you can skip to a new debate by looking at the time indexes in the description and going to the battles that interest you in the most. Okay, let's get ready to rumble. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! All right, here we go. Okay, we're gonna start with the movie round this week as, as most times we do. Um, so, uh, music I think, musicals I think are a lost art personally. So what is the best musical of all time? And I guess uh, we're going to start this one with uh, contestant number one here, Max. All right. So I'm going to start off by saying uh, my my favorite. I'm one of the youngest contestants here today, and I pull a lot of mine from kind of more modern uh, modern movies. And mine's going to be La La Land. This is a movie that grossed almost five hundred million dollars at the worldwide box office, uh, set records with uh, the Glo the Emmys and the Golden Globes. Uh, sorry, not Emmys, the Oscars. Um, and one of the uh, coolest parts about it is the director actually won best director at the Oscars and was the youngest ever at 32. I mean, it was just such a great ensemble. The cast was fantastic. The chemistry between Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling was impeccable. It's really hard to uh, go against that one, especially with the, the original song, um, uh, City of Stars. It's just such an ear candy one, right? Like it gets in your ear and you, you will be sitting there humming along, whistling along or singing along to it for the next month because of that, uh, just because of how good it is. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, mine's going to be La La Land for this week. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you got that in there at the end and actually told us what movie it was. <laughs> I said I said La La Land at the start, did I not? No. You, you did. You did, you did, you did. 
You did? Okay. I, 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 I didn't hear it. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, Max. Okay. Sorry to try to sewer me. <laughs> let's let's move on to uh, another new contestant we have, um, uh, Devin. Devin. All right. Uh, well, I chose the Blues Brothers because it's just so high level at everything it does. I think most musicals are judged and compared to other musicals. Whereas Blues Brothers is just my favorite comedy of all time and one of the great comedies. As a film, you've got some of the greatest comedic actors of all time with Aykroyd, Belushi, John Candy, um, Carrie Fisher's even in there. It's directed by John Landis, who directed Animal House and American Werewolf in London, Coming to America, Trading Places, and a lot of other. Well, Michael Jackson's thriller video as well. Um, Music, it's got some of the best musicians and performers of all time. Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, John Lee Hooker, Cab Calloway, James Brown, um, all doing, you know, classics and hits of theirs. Um, it has memorable scenes and settings and, and, and great one-liners, like we're on a mission from God and, you know, a lot of good one-liners. Um, the main characters and actors were also musicians. Fantastic, Devon. Um, thanks for your answers. And uh, we're going to move on to Jessica, contestant number three. Oh, so I chose for my best musical of all times, 2001's Moulin Rouge by uh, Baz Luhrmann. Uh, I think I love this movie. It is like a technicolor, crazy all over the place. It's like beautiful. It's stunning. It's like in your face <laughs> with all its specs. Um, I love the way it uses like pop music, uh, but like in a really interesting way, different way. Uh, the performers are all fantastic. Ian McGregor, uh, Nicole Kidman, Jim Broadbent. I mean, how can you beat Jim Broadbent singing uh, uh, like a virgin? <laughs> um, and uh, I think one of the things I love about it also is just that, like, if you like musicals, um, a lot of credit usually goes to 2002's Chicago for bringing back the musical to, like, the modern day. But it was really 2001's Moulin Rouge that, um, like, kind of resurged the musical into uh, being a, like, legitimate uh, form of entertainment again and kind of brought musicals back into the, the mainstream. And uh, it's just such a fun movie. And it's, like, got a great story. Um, there's tragedy. There's comedy. It's uh, just such a wonderful film. And uh, actually watched on my first date and I walked down the aisle to one of the songs. So also very meaningful for me. Hmm. Thank you, Jessica. Perfect timing there. Um, let's see, see Max. So uh, why is your movie better than the other two? So I did, I, I do love both movies. Um, I do believe that Moulin Rouge is clearly a second uh, in second here. I, I, I still think like, while they are both fantastic, I think that La La Land is, what is established is almost the pinnacle of what the modern musical is today, right? It had it took everything that has uh, through the last like ten or twenty years that have been building up for these modern musicals and put it all together in this beautiful package. Uh, the choreography is some of the some of the most engrossing and captivating in a modern musical. Um, the original songs are just incredible. The music is so moving you know it, it 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 perfectly fits with every scene that you're in into um if anyone uh, disagrees with the max here feel free to jump in at any time blues brothers has one of the best if not the best car chases of all time and it's a musical <laughs> these other musicals oh, are just like standard musical crash, is it a car chase or an elaborate car crash because it's really just <laughs> both and it's amazing no they keep going it never crashes they're, they're, but, but, it was, it was but now does that i mean it, 
is that really a musical then, or is it just a cool It car is, track? and what it did, what these other standard fair don't do is it showed that you can do musicals with a different style of music, a different style of dancing. You can have Aretha Franklin dancing on a restaurant table and singing Think. Like it's it's amazing. Cab Calloway imagining himself on a grand stage when but he's just kind of in a ratty old suit and everyone's one, kind of looking at him skeptically. Like, one thing I'll counter though is amazing. Well, one, one of the things that makes a musical a musical is the original songs, right? And and yeah. that's something that kind of missing out of the Blues Brothers is it's it's a lot of fantastic songs. Don't get me wrong, but they're all just art like songs that have already been been in like been out there been in the mainstream for a while at that point um, some of which though were written by the and performed by the main cast like, yes they were blues brothers songs you know they they were original to the blues brothers that's fair. a lot of songs in traditional musicals are actually like popular music of the day so like a lot of people yeah. think that they're traditional to those musicals it's just that we don't are not familiar with the music that is in those old musicals because it's yeah. not popular music for us. So I feel like that's honor like to the, you know, um, the, the scene where they're standing. I don't know. I feel like Blues Brothers is more like a, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I just, I just mean, I love Blues Brothers. It's one of my husband's favorite <laughs> movies too, but like, I feel like it's a movie with music and not yeah. a musical. Yeah. Like, like the same way as like, you know, a Star well, is Born is not a musical. It's like a movie with music in it, but it's not a musical. It's it's both, which is another reason it's better than those other two. But what I would counter that with is um, um, the mu the music in it. In, in, and in musicals are just what makes those songs different is that they're explaining. It's more like dialogue. They're like, you know, taking part of, in the scene or they are the scene in itself. The music does do that in the Blues Brothers. It's just a different style of music. Like Aretha Franklin singing Think to her husband, who she think is, thinks is a bum. And, but La, and, La La Land, like, <laughs> look at La La Land. Like, uh, a lot of the songs that come through La La Land aren't dialogue. They're actual... Like that the movie plays to the song, not so much the song playing to the movie. Like City and Stars really doesn't have anything to do with the actual um like the two lead actors. It's more about Los Angeles and the the beauty of of being captivated by the whole I wanna make it big, you know, like the drive to be successful in Los Angeles. It's not about you know, wasn't that Bob's movie about an egoist? <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it's, it's about that you know who who doesn't grow up sitting there like watching movies being like i'd love to be an actor one day right like that and that's the that's the whole premise behind these like uh, the city and stars is it's not about trying to um his rocket <laughs> age is not a musical max <laughs> i i would say I, I would say with La La Land, I mean, I love the set pieces. I love, like, uh, watching it. I love, but, like, a lot of musical parts of that movie really kind of separate from, like, the story and as it goes on. Like, the first opening doesn't even have the main characters, and it's just a big opening. Um, that, and, that, like, I would feel like, I don't know. That's a classic musical, musical thing, though, right? It, it like, is. I mean, I love the movie. I just feel like also, like, the conflict in that movie was very, like, I didn't really understand. Like, they just kind of were, like, 
she auditions for this movie and she goes to Paris and they're like, well, I guess that's it then. Like, why? Why see, did they break up? What was the conflict at the end of it all? Yes. Like, see, one, it one didn't really I... make a lot of sense to me as to why they broke up. Like, it, they didn't really explain it. They just kind of were like, oh, we're done. Um, now she's famous and he has a jazz bar. The end. Like, and <laughs> in the end, dreams are nice, but a mission from God is something entirely <laughs> I don't my movie I like Moulin Rouge like it is just like in your face musical like it's glittery it's fantastic like every scene is just over the top beautiful and like it's not a, just a regular jukebox musical because like the way that Baz Luhrmann took these songs and reworked them like Elephant Love Medley has like 30 of the best love songs in it I was gonna say like, back I, and forth I'm gonna serve myself for this characters. one here but that that that's all yeah Elephant Love Medley like where the two of them are just singing to it like that might be one of the most incredible scenes in a movie with with music i've ever seen like just the fact that it goes through like you just get these each difference like yeah it's amazing but then like also like they put roxanne and made it a tango like an amazing job, tango. They had beautiful tango uh dancers throughout the whole thing and it was part of like you know the jealousy of him like they took it and it made it meaningful for ian mcgregor's characters christian his jealousy at you know his you know satine being like you know having to be with the Duke, you know, she's a prostitute in the film. And like every song was meaningful. It wasn't just like, let's ram in a bunch of like songs just to, for the sake of having all these popular music songs. Like everything was uh, like your song, Ian McGregor sings to her when they fall in love. Uh, I just, and like, <laughs> it's, it is like one of the songs in the movie is spectacular, spectacular. And I feel like that movie it, it was spectacular. I mean, I you guys that. are obviously forgetting about the scene where they sing Rawhide in a cage because when the patrons are happy, they throw bottles at the act. I mean, that's dramatic. That's drama. For you. <laughs> Tension. Rawhide. Comedy. All wrapped into one. Rawhide. Thanks, Jamil. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, really see, I, I disagree. I, like I mean, the, I, think, I think the time's up for this round anyways, guys. Um, okay. Time to stop arguing about this. Uh, so I have to weigh in here. Uh, I'm gonna say, Max, um, for your first time and being the first contestant, you did a you did a fantastic job. Um, Gavin, you did, yeah. a, you did a fantastic job as well. Um, mm. I, I agree. Blues Brothers is a musical comedy. Um, is a great movie. Um, but this round is gonna go to Jessica because I think she argued against both your movies very well. Um, and also, Max is gonna agree. I agreed with one song. One song. <laughs> you did. One song. Well, if you agree on this show, you, you're pretty much uh, counting yourself out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I love both of those movies, by the way. This was a very difficult round. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 100%. As soon as you said uh, yours, I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to this. Okay, Chris. Uh, yep. So we are going to go on to the TV round now. <laughs> Let me just bring up my notes here. Um, so the question is, um, who was the best child actor, uh, in a TV series? And I, I got asked some questions. doesn't matter if it's Netflix, TV, whatever, up to you. Um, so we're going to start with, uh, contestant number two this time, Davin. Okay. Well, I chose Fred Savage from the Wonder Years because for a child actor, during all those awkward tra transitional years as a child he had to, he had to do so much and he did it so well he had to carry the humor in that show and in, in that drama in that show he had to carry the the acting chops in that show a lot of the time not to say the others weren't good actors but he he steals every scene in that show i've watched some uh 
to re-familiarize myself with it before this debate, and it's just amazing how much he carries it. He was the first child ever um, nominated for Outstanding Actor at the Primetime Emmys, you know, opening that up for any other child actors, you know, who, to be taken seriously. Um, the show won 22 awards and nominated for 54 more, basically because of him. Um, the kitchen table scenes were legendary. Um, he had to, he was a great silent actor. He had to do, whenever Daniel Stern was narrating as his, his inner monologue, he, he had to do it all with his eyes. Okay. Um, thanks for that. Davin, good or opening arguments. So uh, we're going to move on now to Jessica and get her pick. I had to go with uh, Jaleel White of uh, Family Matters. He came in at 12 years old. His first appearance was supposed to be a one-time guest appearance, and the audience loved him so much. The show loved him so much. He became a series regular, and he really is like one of the most memorable things about that show. He's got a catchphrase. Did I do that? Um, he became so popular. He had his own doll. He had a breakfast cereal, Urkel O's. I mean, come on. like. <laughs> He ended up writing several episodes of the show. He played multiple characters. He was Desfawn. He was Myrtle Urkel. Uh, he just, he was uh, such a great character, a lovable character. You know, you instantly remember his suspenders, his glasses, his catchphrase. Uh, and yeah, he was just one of the iconic people of the 90s. And he was just all with his acting, his skill, his charisma. I mean, Jill White has to be Jill White. <laughs> okay. Okay, great choice, uh, Jessica. Some some good points there. So let's let's move on to Max. So, <clears throat> start this. Uh, just trying to think of like a child actor that had been very successful. Just trying to kind of put myself together, like who really shines in my mind. And I looked at this question more as like who's taken their career as a child actor and been able to continue it and continue to be a force to be reckoned with and that's why i'm going with actually a modern one uh, with uh, again with zendaya um you know pretty modest beginnings with uh, but being you know a disney star and uh, with uh, it was called shake it up in 2011 um you know i i remember my sisters watching that show and it, it was actually pretty good but i wasn't really sure how successful she'd be after that but she's proven almost everyone wrong you know so this is this is a woman who, who has now become one of the names in Hollywood, you know, with movie, like being the new MJ in Spider-Man and being, a in my opinion, a fantastic version of MJ. I think she's done a really good job with that character. Damn, I had more. <laughs> um, thanks, Max. Um, so uh, I guess we'll start uh, with Davin and your opinion on why Fred Savage is, uh, is better than the other two picks here. Look, sorry, Max, but Zendaya is not even in the conversation here. She's on a Disney <laughs> show and got famous as an adult. Um, Jaleel White was my second pick. And the reason he was my second pick and not my first pick is for a lot of episodes, and they did give him some good drama episodes and some good comedy episodes, but for a lot of them, he was just a catchphrase. And there was a lot of did I do that is a scene, whereas like there's not a scene that Fred Savage does where he's not just being a phenomenal child actor and just phenomenal actor. Uh, that? Yeah, I mean, like Fred Savage, like, yeah, as you said, like his Daniel Stern's narration, like that was part of it. Like he was kind of sharing the screen with like a, he, another he, he big time actor. Face. Yeah, but <laughs> that's a point on my you're relying my side. on Daniel Stern's narration to to be, you know, uh, um, like 
like memorable and stuff, which is what a lot of people remember the Wonder Years is Daniel Stern's narration and less oh, more but, savage. But but they remember his like, face. Come on, well, let's TGIF show that's like a sitcom, a family sitcom, and they had like they they had like I think he had Urkel bought at one point and he transformed into Stefan, like crazy sci-fi stuff. And everyone's like, yeah, that tracks. Like because, yeah. because personally... was like, he was that <laughs> no. good. Everyone loved him. He he's just a staple. Like everyone remembers. I love Urkel too. I love Urkel more I, than I, Fred I, Savage, but he's not as good an actor. My <laughs> counterpoint to both those is <clears throat> after those shows, I mean, what happened to like they they really like Fred Savage had a decent career, I guess, after the uh, after his one like one years and whatnot. Um, and Jaleel, like once again, decent enough. But have any of them really had anywhere near the kind of success that Zendaya's walked into as a child? Definitely, she's an outstanding actor as an Emmy as a child. Plus, he Fred Savage is making a resurgence. He's back. Did he ever I leave? Remember him is as the Austin Powers, or is Molly, he? Molly, 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 Molly. Yeah. <laughs> your but your argument is mainly she grew into a great actor. I'm not. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, <laughs> I'm saying she was a great actor who is now being I, recognized for being a great actor. You know, she got she got like that waiting. start with uh, being on like a Disney show, mm. and also just anyone that comes out of being an, a Disney actor or a Disney child star and isn't an absolute asshole. Point, still that. acting up a storm, Jim. I saw that. She had Disney behind her. You know, she had Disney, like the weight of Disney to push her forward, which all most Disney kids actually ended up going for, regardless of whether they were good or not. So Fred Savage know. was a child star, didn't go crazy, and kept being successful. They kind of, I mean, he kind of disappeared. Yeah. No, he. Julio just said he was a director, he's an actor. Okay. 1993, you pointed out that very first voice of Sonic. Urkel was a flash in the pan. Yeah, no, he, he was Bart Simpson in glasses and suspenders. Urkel walked in and his The longest running sitcom, one of the longest running sitcoms of the family, Black Family. It was very popular. Because of Reginald Bell Johnson, his fine acting and some other fine actors on that show. It's well, all Fred Savage on the Wonder Years. I mean, I mean like his father's fun. They're good too. And Daniel Stern, don't forget because Daniel, Daniel Stern. Stern. Daniel Stern is good, but it's his acting yeah. during that. Okay. Phenomenal. I mean, you phenomenal. know, it's kind of like a joint effort by the two. I mean, Jaleel White was in there all by himself. <laughs> was he? Ten was seconds. he? He hid behind those suspenders. <laughs> Those were a teacher, man. The glasses, the suspenders. I the maintain my class. point. <laughs> iconic, iconic. Well, I want to Iconic, yes. Has, Great actor. Has, Julio has, was never even known. Success nominated. beyond just being a child actor. So, I guess our time's up here. <laughs> um, this is this is a tough decision for me, guys. Um, Max, you argued uh, uh, pretty well. Honestly, yours was the only one that I actually had to Google. I didn't know who's in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and then I was like, oh, no, that's, that's like Spider-Man's girlfriend. Okay, I know her from that. And honestly, that's the only thing I know her from. Um, so, Davin, you made a, you made a great point uh, when you, you, you just started out your conversation by saying Zendaya is not even uh, part of the uh, discussion here. I don't think she is. Um, between, Sorry, I'm the young guy. Damn it! <laughs> between Fred Savage, I'm sure I'm sure you know who Fred Savage and Jaleel White are, though. I mean, um, I actually Jaleel White until you said the Urkel line there, I was like, who? And I'm like, oh right, yeah. Well, come on, how can you know Urkel? You know Urkel, so I know Urkel. Yes. Um, 
I, I've watched the Wonder Years, and, uh, and it's further uh, back. Davin, I think you you drove it home. I think it was Fred Savage that made that show. Um, so I'm going to give you this point. Thanks. I missed my point about him acting in an era he didn't even know. He was, it was like it took place in the '60s, right? But interesting. Yeah. Okay. Not a good start for the new guy. Good start. Not not a good. Well, there's two new guys here, Max, and there's there's more, still, more rounds to come. Plenty of time to catch up. <laughs> so <clears throat> let's uh, move on to the music round. And uh, the question here was, uh, which artist do you think has mastered their craft um, at the instrument that they play? Uh, and we're going to start this round with uh, Jessica. When I had to think of this, I was trying to think, like, who's iconic for their 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 instrument? Who, like, who do you think of? And and the one thing that came to mind was, like, it's Slash. Like, the hat, the persona, like, he is... You know, he is a character that you recognize. He's been in cartoons. Like he's just a really recognizable figure, and like that is built upon amazing guitar skills. Like, you know, everybody knows that riff from "Sweet Child of Mine." Like anyone who's played Guitar Hero or just listens to the music, like that's him. That's all him. And like, you know, you don't build that persona, that like larger than life personality, where he doesn't even talk really. It's just the hair, the hat. Um, without having skill to back it up because like most people like they look at lead singers those are the ones that are famous they remember Freddie Mercury and like all of that like the bands are nothing without them but really you think of Guns N' Roses you think of Slash like that is who you think of um, because yeah he's so talented he's so skilled in his guitar and I think uh, yeah it speaks for itself. Uh, sounds like a, a good argument there um, so it's time I think we are going to move on to Max. Okay so my answer for this one the it was very quick for me to think of. His name's Matt Bellamy. He's the lead singer for Muse. And when I think uh, someone who has best mastered the instrument, like your voice is an instrument, whether you uh, you think of it as one or not. Um, and he has inarguably one of the greatest controls of ranges in modern music. His ability to hit the lows and highs that uh, like octaves different from each other is incredible. But more than that, he also has the he's mastered the piano. He's mastered the he's the lead guitarist for the band, um, and has they have some of the best riffs you'll ever hear in modern rock music. Um, this is a guy that's Juilliard ed educated. He is an incredible musician from top to bottom. But in terms of mastering one instrument, it's his voice, and there is no one other than uh, no one else other than him that has that kind of mastery over their voice. Um, thanks for that, Max. Uh, good instrument choice there. I agree. A voice is an instrument. Uh, so we're going to move on to da Davin. I can't say I've heard of Max's person. Um, Slash is an okay guitarist when he's not, you know, fall over drunk. He's an okay guitarist. But if you were to ask an even better guitarist than Slash, Eric Clapton, who is the best guitar player of all time? He will say Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson's mastery was so unbelievable and profound that it has become one of the great legends of the 20th century, not just for music, for anything. And his mastery was so inexplicable that even those who knew him saw the need to invoke the supernatural to explain it. You've heard of the deal with the devil, songs based on it, um, you know, Devil Went Down to Georgia, movies that include it like Crossroads and uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? It's one of the great legends that he went from... Uh, 
a nothing guitar player and musician to the greatest anyone had ever heard and playing in ways that no one had ever heard and to this day can't be replicated. Eric Clapton himself can't replicate what Robert Johnson did. There is no way to do it. It, it was, he was possessed, let's just say, and there's never been anyone like it. Thanks, Davin. Um, luckily for this round, I know all three artists that were picked here. So um, honestly, it's, it's, it's going to be who argues their point the best because I, I think they're all great answers. So. <laughs> all right. So hold on. I want to I go in here and start off by saying, well, I, I do appreciate the persona that is Slash. I have to get, agree with Davin. Or Devin. Yeah, he's like, okay. He's okay. He, he, like, <laughs> he's and, okay. And you know what? I'm going to go over this a little further in, in a future question, but like you, you said, um, uh, what was the Prince is, it, oh, is um, possibly well, the right answer, but Robert Johnson's the right answer. Well, well, welcome to the jungle. He hates, he hates hey, that guitar that? riff. He, he <laughs> hates his own guitar riff. How, how, like that, 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 that's, that's why your biggest hits are unlistenable. One of the most like iconic guitarists people always recognize, and it was just him doing like a practice run on his guitar. Like that's you know it wasn't even a practice; it was him doing a joke because he hated the 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 riff so badly. And and it was just a practice session, is what I mean. And everyone's like, "That sounds good. That's we're gonna make that a song." But like even when he's messing around on the guitar, he you know makes something that's Robert Robert Johnson didn't say he sold his soul to the devil. It's literally the only thing people could come up with to explain how good he was and that yeah. myth has lasted for a hundred years nearly now, 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 now let me ask this. he's, what, what, he's what, inspired what, more musicians than those what, other two choices sorry. could hope to do in their entire lifetimes and he did it all before the age of 26 when he died he didn't what? even have time to mature as a musician and he was still the greatest guitar player and even like total he package singing with 27 it, years has ever been 27. Okay, I mean, 27. Robert Johnson ever asked to play. Uh, was it Robert Johnson ever asked to create a song for the Olympics? Because were, <laughs> I'm you, they were not going to ask someone of um, Robert Johnson's um, um, ethnicity in the South in those days to play for the Olympics. Well, and, and that's despite like all that. those barriers, he still managed to be the most memor remembered musician of the 20th century, really, by certainly by other musicians. Who I'm just my my, my point so being is Matt Bellamy. Like I said, what? So first off, I'm going to give you a uh, quick number here. The fact that Matt Bellamy can hit all, over three octaves difference with his voice. I, I can do that. Guys, sorry, I can do that. <laughs> from yes but we're talking high octaves like high octaves dropping down like that that's pretty freaking incredible um between that the fact that he's the lead and i am not on this list so i think you're gonna just disqualify your guy <laughs> i'm sorry but are you a platinum level artist as well because that's oh, what no. that is. Flash has a oh no but yeah the, the song survival was written for because he was at they were asked by ioc to write a song for the opening uh, uh the opening ceremony for the london olympics like he was approached personally because of those how big events just choose does anyone stuff. remember that know. song they had madonna one year i think you know it's like it's, they're not going for the greatest musicians of all time for these <laughs> yeah but it, it, it's the fact that like they, they went to him he did he was the one that reached out they went to him he was probably then, available flash was in the phineas and ferb movie come on like that's that movie is that what you just said is that your <laughs> argument he was in the phineas and ferb movie come on that's 
that that's great. It, it still doesn't make him a great guitarist. Kind-hearted woman, it come in my kitchen. Guitar. These songs Matt, have Matt never been matched. Awards like Muse has been uh, has won awards at the Grammys for their uh, their songwriting abilities. The Grammys didn't consider ability. individuals Song such as Robert Johnson ability. back in those days. Writing abilities. If they existed. I don't know when the Grammys I, You know what? But that, 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 that just means that like my guy has a, a large amount of accolades because he's uh, been so so well recognized. I, I, I'm Thanks. just saying like, like they can easily give um, – really... they could have given a Grammy to – your guy if, there's, uh, there's no debate here they didn't do that he had to sing into a corner for amplification and into what looked like a tin can to record his his but his entire i have it on lp his entire catalog okay we don't, uh, worn we, out, don't worn out. we don't need to worn discuss out. this one anymore um they're all fantastic choices um kind of different genres uh different different types of music um they're they're all they all could have been argued well uh, but I don't think anyone actually went after Devon's choice. Nobody, nobody told me why why <laughs> Robert Johnson wasn't great. Nobody told me. I heard why Slash isn't great. I heard why Matt Bellamy isn't great. So this one's going to Gavin. That makes me happy because he doesn't get enough. Con- uh... <laughs> I couldn't really argue with that one. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. My, my, my backup was going to be Robert Plant. And I, that would have been. I wanted to choose Lizzo, but I uh, <laughs> thought everyone would come after me. Oh, yeah. 100%. I, I was absolutely shutting that down. Well, I'm a flute player. So, and she actually made flute players cool. So, uh, you know. A flautist. Yes. <laughs> if anyone would have chosen Les Claypool from Primus, I would have just put them through to the next You round. told me that, and I was like, that's cheating, man. I'm going to cheat He's not even the best bass player. <laughs> <laughs> Choose to disagree. Marcus <laughs> Miller. Let's move to the history round here. <laughs> history or sports? I shouldn't um, be arguing with the host. That's- no, uh, we're, we're, okay, we'll, we'll do sports next. Let's, let's go in order. Let's go in the proper order. Uh, so, who, interesting question. Who is the greatest uh, WWF, WWE wrestler of all time? And I believe, uh, is it uh, Davin's turn to start this one? I think it's it. Yeah, I think it is. Yep. He's up okay. first. All right. Well, I guess my theme here this evening is, this morning, I should say, is myths, legends and myths. More so legends in this case, but perhaps even a mythical figure. It's Andre the Giant. Um, he was as big a legend. Forgive the pun. As one can be as a professional wrestler. His exploits in the ring were bigger than life. His bigger than life persona outside of the ring have been told and retold time and time again. Um, he, even Hollywood came calling to uh, put him in the, the Princess Bride. And he's beloved by an, another whole uh, group of people for that movie. Um, you couldn't take your eyes off of Andre the Giant, even in his older years when he his health was failing him he just had to stare at him and no one had endured as much to do that profession than he did he was in constant pain he had to use a bathtub as a toilet like he had to suffer so much and he endured and he was so dedicated that no no one has ever no wrestler has ever done that since thanks Davin. um fantastic answer there uh let's move on to jessica and see what her pick is uh 
best WWE wrestler, I would say best wrestler of all time, it has to be Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, uh, he you know, debuted uh, in 1999 and he's just kept running. Like he's in his 50s and he's still going and he's constantly reinventing himself. Time after time, he comes up with great gimmicks, great gimmicks, great gimmicks. He's Y2J, well, like Raw is Jericho. Now he's, you know, the demo god. <laughs> he's got his own line of like champagne the bubbly he just is he makes catchphrases he's everyone's behind him everyone loves to see Chris Jericho and that's because he doesn't like rest on his laurels he never just sits there and sits in his gimmick he's constantly reinventing himself and he's also constantly giving back to the wrestling community he's pushing younger talent he is always striving to do like better for the wrestling community and that's what I think makes him one of the best wrestlers of all time Thanks for that. So we have Andre the Giant and Chris Jericho so far. So uh, let's hear Max's take on this. With all due respect, you're both wrong. The best uh, wrestler of all time had a 21 straight victories at WrestleMania. He is a multiple-time World Heavyweight Champion and has one of the most iconic openings and walkouts to any wrestler of all time, The Undertaker. This is a guy that... Had the he was a big man that had the finesse of someone half his size. This is a guy who was in matches that revolutionized the way we see wrestling. You know, we had your Hell in a Cell, your uh, the uh, oh, what was the one with the bag? Uh, oh my god, I can't remember now. Uh, the Punjabi prison match. You know, this is a guy that was willing to try anything and was the face of the WWE for almost twenty plus years. Like, how can you argue against that? He was one of the biggest names in wrestling the entire time he was there it's it's i don't i, I don't you can't argue against him he just he had a career that uh, like went across decades where he was never not known where he was never one of front and center guys mm. oh so, uh, i'll gladly debate to undertaker <laughs> well, I say, I'm like, I hope so. Sorry, it's not Chris Jericho. He uh, almost as good as Hulk Hogan. Chris Jericho is is a uh, yeah that like he's Chris not Jericho even a main guy. Is, he was when he first came in. Professional like, wrestling is not a sport. And also, twenty-one also, straight victories is a storyline. Championship belts is a prop. Uh, Andre the Giant oh, didn't oh. need these things. He was just. A, a spectacle of entertainment, and that's what professional wrestling is. On, he, Andre the Giant, was, Andre the Giant was a gimmick. Andre the Giant was a big guy. <laughs> Andre the Giant was okay. not what, a gimmick. What, what, how, what, was, what was he actually like? He actually was a giant. He, he walked around. He could hit a guy, <laughs> and because he was big, they they got the guy to go down. And then, no, and then oh no, in his oh, younger Hollywood days, he was more athletic than the other people. For Dwayne Johnson, Hollywood came knocking for John Cena. Hollywood came knocking for uh, Dave Batista. Like. Hollywood knocking on your door does not mean you're a fantastic wrestler. That just means the, the Undertaker is a pro. Under, that's, okay, the, yeah, that's the thing. The like, I'm a guy really who's really... like, what, I dig up bodies at night? No, but okay. Undertaker, <laughs> my here's my thing about Chris Jericho. The Chris Jericho is he's still giving, he's still doing well. The Undertaker has been sitting on that gimmick for 20 freaking years. And because you know it's a gimmick that, that works. Streak, it's a gimmick. Hold on. That streak. All of some of those matches weren't good, and he dropped it to Roman freaking Reigns. Like, 
come on like that streak whatever and also he doesn't he doesn't give back to the wrestling community he shows up like clockwork a few weeks before wrestlemania and he comes in and a lot of the times he like he literally one of the wrestlemanias he buried literally and figuratively aj styles a younger wrestler yep. an up-and-coming wrestler and he buried him he doesn't care about pushing young talent he's there to collect a paycheck and then off he runs after wrestlemania you won't see him again until freaking march or april whenever he starts to promo again he's there to collect it, a paycheck it is but when Poor he was in his early 40s, early 50s, yes, he, he was slowing down. No shit. But this is a guy that created the Hell in a Cell, one of the most uh, one of the most infamous matches in wrestling. Andre the history. Giant was the Hell in the Cell because you felt like you were in a cell when you were in there. Okay. <laughs> he was, I love Andre. Andre the Giant was the first person ever inducted into the w then WWF Hall of Fame. In fact, they basically created it for him because they're there and no one. Is he even going to talk about the Undertaker like forty years from now? Andre the Giant is going to outlive into the, in his legend Hall of Fame. all of these this characters. Is, Plus, he could drink them both under the table. Multiple-time world heavyweight champion. This is a that guy who nothing. Vince McMahon hands those out like candy. Like, yeah, Jericho was also the undisputed WWF champion. He was the finder hold, final holder of the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. He had unified the WWF and world titles by defeating Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock in the same night. So, like. That is, you know, prestigious as well. And also, Andre, he's still here. He's still relevant. You have to watch an AEW match. You hear people Andre the Giant doesn't get to be relevant. Uh, Judas, when he comes out in the dead. ring, he, he <laughs> helped build a, a competition against the WWE right now in AEW. He he gave his name weight to help build AEW to what is he now. And he he's constantly putting out great matches still now in his 50s. And, and he doesn't have to bury young talent to do that. He has his own freaking wrestling crews. Come on. He's no one. Elevating people. If we're talking Constantly about relationships between wrestlers, Andre the Giant commanded more respect from the rest of the talent than we anyone ever terrorized, had. Terrorized the yeah, Big John Studd had it coming. He had it coming. People behind the scenes. Everyone, Everyone knows he had it coming. Jericho is a wonderful person. Everyone likes to work with him. Everyone has nothing. He didn't but nice steal people's acts. All the young days. wrestlers today: Kevin oh. Owens, uh, MJF. Everyone names Jericho as their inspiration. Everyone. I don't even know who those people are, but everyone knows who Andre the Giant is. Well, yeah. Everyone knows who Andre the And they always will. Everyone knows who never be a figure like that in wrestling. You you know even Hulk Hogan is maybe the other biggest those bells you know exactly who's coming down that ramp you know what's about I to know happen exactly because he's doing the same exactly, shit yeah. for the last 20 freaking yeah. years it's iconic it's one of the most yeah. iconic oh, things in up, let the gimmick rest in peace andre the giants seems, oh, uh, seems like this is a a question that you guys like to argue <laughs> good uh <laughs> jeff um, <laughs> Exactly, Jeff. Exactly. <laughs> Max, uh, Thank you, sir. May Jeff I have another? A good point there. Um, <laughs> Jeff also made a good point. Um, the, the Undertaker, um, you didn't even hear him talk. He, he, he didn't need to. He went, mm, that was it. And they needed Paul Bearer. And that was the Undertaker's gimmick for the entire time, his entire wrestling career. Um, now, Jessica, most of your arguments has been uh, uh, that Chris Jericho is still relevant. Um, I, I, I wouldn't even agree that the WWE is still relevant. It's, guess what? He's in but, AEW now because he's constantly, constantly moving. If you don't know um, AEW, then you don't know wrestling right now. Sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I know who Chris Jericho is. Um, yeah. But I think that everybody, everybody knows 
Andre the Giant, and that's why Davin is is pulling away with the lead this week. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I love Andre the Giant, but Jericho is <laughs> Jericho is wrestling right now. Right now, but Andre the Giant can't be wrestling right now. He's dead. Yeah, but he's also yeah. See, that's not fair. He was a persona. He, he had a disease. You know, a it wasn't about the wrestling. It was about who he was. But I mean, I love Andre the Giant, but you know, you Jericho could drink them under wrestling. the table. That's really the. Jericho actually wrestled. That's all I'm gonna say. Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant was a big guy, and that was it. Um, so just to, to recap the score here, um, we have Davin in the lead with a three, uh, Jessica with one point, and uh, Max still unable to get his first point. <laughs> Two rounds left. You can have one of mine. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You feel the love. <laughs> no. we're, we're gonna move on. That's to the me. musical you should have went with, The Lion King. Oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't think of that. Mm-hmm. We're, gonna, we're gonna move on to the history Ooh, round now. <clears throat> so, what a nostalgic gaming console do you think would still be fun to play today? Uh, and I believe this round it is Jessica's turn to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be. It has to be the N64. Like, such a good console. Who doesn't remember playing Goldeneye, the giant heads, the, <laughs> the gimmicks you tried to get over on your friend, shooting people in the ass. Uh, and Oh my god, so many good titles. But really, the number one game, Ocarina of Time, the best, the best Zelda game of all time. Arguably, nothing's come close until Breath of the Wild recently. Like, oh my god, what an iconic game. What a fun time. So amazing. Everyone remembers playing that. Um, uh, and if you didn't, you missed out. Um, yeah, but Mario Code 64, Mario Party, Super Mario Brothers, Banjo-Kazooie. There's so many great titles on uh, this uh, system, and it would be so great to play. I love a lot of the other systems, but I don't think I would have as much enjoyment and long time um, time playing as I would playing the N64 again. Thanks. Thanks for that answer. And I think we're going to move on to Max. Uh, so mine here, I'm going to go with the Sega Genesis. Um, you know, unfortunately, Sega wasn't able to continue their the strength that they went into the 80s and 90s with, with the Genesis systems and their, their consoles in general. But, you know, games like Sonic are just so iconic. And, like, tell me you wouldn't go back and play Sonic for hours on end, running through, the uh, doing, the, like, the loops and getting all the rings and beating up on... Um, uh, Professor Ed, or Doctor, oh my God, I can't remember. Wow, uh, bad with names. Uh, but we also have games like Aladdin uh, that started the whole di- or, uh, movie video game crossover uh, concept. Um, Joe Montana Football brought the whole um, concept of sports games to life, and then Sega Genesis is where we got the first more uncensored Mortal Kombat game. You're telling me you wouldn't go back and play an uncensored Mortal Kombat game with your friends? trying to ma- button mash or create the- get those great combos like that hours and hours of fun be had right there thanks for that max uh so the last one here is going to be david dr robotnik oh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming after you max it does turn out that you only need 16 bits to make the perfect video game system and video games but that is not on the sega genesis are we talking about blood in a mortal Kombat game because that would have to be the entire argument you know what sucks having to hit two buttons to high kick it's sega genesis mortal Kombat is unplayable so let's not even talk about that but there are great 
fighting games on the Super Nintendo, the greatest system of all time, and still the system that I play the most to this day. For the first time, I am playing uh, A Link to the Past, and I'm surprised at how immersive it can be, not just for 16 bits, but it's I, I'm enjoying it more than Ocarina of Time, which I do love. But Nintendo 64 was a transitional system. It had, That's what led to so many clunky games with the controls and even the graphics. A lot of it was really clunky. I mean, I, I loved it, but it's... It, it, the um, 16-bit era was kind of the end of the original retro era before they started to do CDs, and 64 decided not to. But the the, the racing games, you've got uh, Mario Kart, um, uh, the Top Gear games, the fighting games, you've got the first Killer Instinct, Street Fighter Two. Thanks. Um, thanks for that. And uh, I guess, Jessica, they've both picked 16-bit uh, systems, and you have it. So what's your argument against those? I just, you have to say what's fun, what's nostalgic to play today. And there's a lot of nostalgia with those. There's definitely a lot of nostalgia and I love a lot of those, but like, what's still fun to play? What's something, I mean, you have saves. <laughs> I'm like, like, if I'm going to play something, I want something I can actually save, put down and come back to. And yeah, there's, there's so many good genres on here. GoldenEye is great. Ocarina is great. We have Mario 64 and it actually it had 3D racing instead of like 2D racing. Um, and really opened that up. And like, uh, it was great for, for multiplayer. You had the four split screens. You couldn't have that before. Like it was mostly just you or two players. This one, you had four players you could play against. Mario Party was great. I remember getting blisters from playing some of the games by going like this. It is it is fun to play. And I can guarantee probably one of the only of these three that if you gave it to a kid today who doesn't have the nostalgia factor for it, would still probably enjoy playing the N64 over the other two. I'll tell you why that's not true, because they will find N64 so clunky that it'll seem unplayable to them, whereas Super Nintendo was perfection of the 16-bit genre. The games, N64 wins the Mario Kart, for sure. The best Mario Kart is on N64, but the rest of the games, when you compare them, do not, the fighting games on 64 are terrible. The the best fighting game of all time, Street Fighter 2, whichever one you like best, Turbo, Um it's the best fighting game of all time. Mortal Kombat 3 is one of the best fighting games of all time. The first Killer Instinct, one of the best fighting games of all time. The racing games, yes, you've got Mario Kart, but the, the Cruising USA, like, you got the original F-Zero and the Top Gears, and Donkey Kong Country is more immersive than any game on the N64 and on the Genesis, which, again, isn't really in this conversation because the buttons are horrible, and the cord is too short. You have to sit right in front of the TV. It's unhealthy to play a Sega Genesis. But but that's the nostalgia factor is being right up against that TV playing with those crappy controls. Like the, if we're talking like <laughs> nostalgia, come on, you can't take away from the the, the design of the, of the console. Um, but it How also about Mario World. I would just I would just like to go uh, take a little another shot at the N sixty four version. Um, sure, the N sixty four had some okay uh, some solid games, but all. Arguably one of the worst design controllers of all time. Why in the god in God's name did we need three prongs? That was such almost a... as bad as the Sega controller. What no, but at least the Sega controller the had, had, had the a best controller like it was, for hand it was... comfort ever designed. But it's it's visually interesting. Like you look at it, it's like oh, cool. It's visually interesting, but yeah. they were like you can't. It worked. You, it did it three hands. hands. I, I'm not using my button for like a Sega or an N64. You guys don't have Ocarina buttons on your. Speaking of Ocarina, without Super Nintendo, there would be no Ocarina of Time. The the, the system that made RPGs yes, um, yes, popular yes. in North America 
is the Super Nintendo with Chrono Trigger, one of the and, best games uh, ever. Fun Fantasy Three. Fantasy Star. Fantasy Star did a great job of create that Super Mario RPG. So sorry. These are Mario all Super Mario RPG. They're all so playable. All these Super Nintendo games I've mentioned, each one is still as fun today as it was back then. That's except true. for the beat em ups. Beat em ups kind of. Who wouldn't want to play GoldenEye? I'm sorry. Ask any of your friends from high school or junior oh, high. Have you played GoldenEye recently? Yeah. It's unplayable. Goldeneye. You can't yeah. even see what's going Goldeneye, on. GoldenEye. You can't Goldeneye even see what's going on. At the time, really cool game. Go back and play it now. It doesn't hold up. N64 it's so does hard not to hold control. up. Yeah. Perfect dark. Even God, Sega holds God, up better than 64. God forbid someone picks an odd job, and then the whole game's just absolutely thrown out the window. Everything you guys love about video games started with Super Nintendo. Yeah. If, if, if not oh, Nintendo. No, 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 no. Every, hold on, hold on. Sega, Sega, Sega had a, a play lot on the to Switch. say about That's that. How good I mean, they are. Yes, Name three games people know from Sega Genesis, not counting Sonic the Hedgehog. Sorry? Name three games from Sega Genesis. Everybody here will know that's not Sonic the Hedgehog. Fantasy Star, Mortal Kombat. Never heard of Fantasy Star. Fantasy Star? <laughs> that's one of the greatest uh, JRPGs of all time? Oh, okay. Fair I enough. mean, I, I gotta say, if I was gonna go with a Sega system, you'd go with the Sega Master System. Like, I don't... I Sega don't Master, know. No, Sega like, Master's good, but we're talking, like, if we're talking retro gaming consoles... I think yes, of Sega Genesis when I'm thinking retro. Whenever a game was on Sega or Super Nintendo, other than Blood and Mortal Kombat, the Super Nintendo version was so much better. It made the Sega version unplayable. It was just always so much better. The sound, the graphics, Ooh, the playability. It. it was all so much better. Hang up. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. These are um, wonderful uh, arguments from everybody here. Um, uh, Max... Uh, I don't like when you start with me. This is never good. <laughs> it just you, uh, means I'm not getting another point, damn it. You, you, you agreed that your your controllers were crappy and you had to sit close to the TV. Right. But that um, was part of the fun. It's, it's it's not part of the fun. It's not part of the fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Jessica, I like, your, fun, I like your arguments. I, I like it that it's the, it is the first system that I know of um, where you could have four players. Um, Super Nintendo could do that. With an adapter, yeah, and it only had like three games, but it's still. <laughs> um, and, but you know what? I, I I hate to do this, but I have to give it to Davin again. He made the best argument here. Like, he, he yes, feed your hate. I agree that the only more with hockey. Uh, I don't think that the kids would enjoy it as much now as as they would playing the Super Nintendo. Um, I will say I did ask for uh, Super Nintendo, but Davin got it for Davin got he, first. He so did. I, I got in fast on all of these. Yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> crap. <laughs> and then Super Nintendo was so good. I don't know. N sixty four to me doesn't feel retro yet. Like, give it another like five it's ten old. years. I'm sorry, we're old. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but it's retro. <laughs> I mean, if, if if we're calling N64 retro, we could I could have called PlayStation One retro too. It is. You could have. <laughs> They're around the same era. That was one of the uh, comments. Almost thirty first. years old, man. We're we're old. Jesus, now. is it actually getting there? Yeah. Getting there. Twenty yep. something. Should have gone with PlayStation. Twenty something. Damn. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. I knew. I knew Genesis didn't wasn't gonna win. It sucked. <laughs> Good, you have because welcome to the point you're about to receive in the next argument oh i was gonna say the same thing <laughs> so okay uh wild card question um 
I guess uh, this is Max' chance to redeem himself, um, finally. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> we've already got Davin um, committed uh, into the speed round um, with his four points. Um, so let, let me just see. sit this one out. It's not going to be a good idea. <laughs> well, yeah, and then Jessica and Max would have us have to have like a tiebreaker if Max gets this point. Right. If Jessica gets it, she just moves on. Yeah. Um, and if Davin gets it, he's going to have a big lead going into the yeah yeah and you and yes exactly all right okay. so so the wild card question this week is um because of 80s hair bands is one of my favorite genres of music <laughs> um who do you think did that the best and i believe we start max. this one we start this one with max i think so yeah okay let's do that uh this one was really hard for me because i hate 80s hair metal or hair bands <laughs> But if I had to pick one that is passable, it's got to be Guns N' Roses, I guess. I, like the catalog is probably one of the most most well known out of all '80s hair uh, hair bands. Um, you know, Jessica made a great point earlier. Thank you about Slash being one of the most recognizable <laughs> guitarists of all time, um, and having one of the most recognizable guitar riffs of all time. With Grammy's only passable. Jungle. It's only passable. He's only passable guitar player. <laughs> no, no, no. You said one of the best. No, 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 no. You said one of the best. Um, Sweet Child <laughs> of Mine uh, is one of the most uh, like they they just they have a uh, quite a few of these songs that have transcended the ages. So I'm gonna go with Guns and Roses. Thanks, uh, thanks for your pick uh, there, Max, and it, it, it's a good choice. Uh, we got to move on to uh, Davin. Well, Jeff, I don't know. I mean, I agree that Guns N' Roses is still around, but it's because it's plagued the airways because it's corporate rock essentially, and there's nineties as they are eighties, I would say, um, and yeah, passable, passable. They're, but their their hits are unlistenable now. Like if I you hear Sweet Child of Mine or Paradise City again, anyway, my <laughs> argument. My argument is for Kiss. And, you know, they started in the 70s, but they created hair metal. They did, like, there was no hair metal in the 70s, but they were doing it. They had the hair. They had the spectacle and the the the, the, the okay music. Um, but <laughs> there is a hole in the ozone layer. I'm going to say mostly because of the 80s hair metal scene. So if you're going to, like, damage the environment that much, go big. Don't don't go big and make it worth it. You know, go the full face paint, the costumes, everything. I mean, why just, like, damage the ozone layer just to make your hair big? You know, it, it it's, it's, doesn't make sense. But, you know, Kiss, you know, made a career out of it. And they're still going to this day. They played, they played shows uh, during COVID. So... There you have it. Kiss. Thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that answer, Davin. And uh, let's hear Jessica's choice. Uh, I had to look up what an 80s hairband was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to clarify. And uh, yeah, the one that popped out at me the first, obviously, is Bon Jovi. I mean, I don't know 80s metal, but I know Bon Jovi's songs. Living on a Prayer, You Give Love a Bad Name, Bad Medicine. Uh, they've got 16 albums, uh, studio albums, five compilations, three live albums, 100 million records sold worldwide. One of the best-selling American rock bands of all time. And everyone heard, like, everyone knows these songs. Everyone knows them, regardless of whether you know Aries Hair which I do not. So the fact that I know all these songs uh, just speaks for itself. What songs and did those songs you're thinking of come out in the 90s? The Bon Jovi and Guns N' Roses are more of a 90s band. And yeah, Kiss was around in the 70s, but they, they kept going through all that and they adapted with the times. They were doing 80s hair metal in the 80s. 
I I looked up Kiss. They're actually considered glam rock, not eighties hair bands. So oh totally God, I can't tell the difference between those two things for this category. <laughs> so I do love Kiss, but apparently, technically, not an eighties hair band. They're considered glam rock. Bon Jovi's more of a country so rock band. They became. They There's nothing metal the about they them. They won a country music award later on in the night. Exactly. But they have been exactly. here from '83 to present. They're one of the ones that didn't break up. They're still making music. They released an album in 2020 called 2020. Guns N' Roses is like, a They're 90 still rock they're still together. Oh, and Guns N' Roses broke up after what in '96, '85 to '96. That's all they made it. And like, let's face it. Slash is the only one that anyone's heard of after that. Let's like oh, Axel Rose. People people try to forget Axel Rose, right? (laughs) (laughs) But like Bon Jovi's still going. They're still going strong and slippery when wet. Are they like the classic? Yeah, they're still around. I just said they just released an album in twenty twenty. Thank you very much, though. Thanks, Jeff. Quick point. uh, One kisses glam uh, glam rock. Yeah, look it up. uh, Hair hair band. Uh, Bon Jovi is more of a country rock than anything else. So really the only hair band we've got left here. And I'd like to point out that such great songs as Welcome to the Jungle, Paradise City, and Mr. Brownstone. You want to hear those songs ever again. And Sweet Child of Mine, all done in the 80s. Um, Move to the City, Patience, uh, also 80s songs. So the only band here, to best of my knowledge, that actually fits the 80s hair band persona or uh, moniker that we've been asked to debate about is Guns N' Roses. Think about the ozone layer. Why do you guys hate the planet? I don't hate the planet. I just hate this question. I looked up a lot of 80s bare hands lists uh, and and Guns N' Roses is never in the top of those lists. Like and and living on a prayer, you give love a bad name. Those are from the eighties. Those are part of the. Those are classic. It's slippery when wet. It's their classic album from the eighties. So regardless of what you say about them being country music later on, these these are eighty songs and they're iconic and everyone sings them right now in karaoke still. I and think, I think is, Jeff just not gave as slippery as your argument than any of us have. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, I don't know 80s hair bands. Yeah. <laughs> These are the ones I recognize. I know Bon Jovi's a country rock band. Yeah, I, I, I would consider Bon Jovi more country rock as well. But, like, I, everybody knows that. Guns N' Roses is that. the closest to an actual hair band as we've got here. The the, the songs that we all recognize are out of the 80s. The, the, the songs we all recognize are out of the 80s. How can you say they're not a hair band? Have you seen pictures of them from uh, when they started? Bon Jovi from the 80s? Hey, Chris, I don't think any yeah. of us picked an 80s hair band. Can you get this point? <laughs> I, <laughs> I looked up lists. You're on the list. Bon Jovi was on the list. Guns N' Roses, not like mostly honorable mention. Come on, Bon Jovi. Can we get a definition between hair metal and glam metal? Uh, yeah, sure. I can work on that. Um... <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> kiss, kiss is glam rock. I looked this up because I, I would have chosen Kiss, but apparently they are not included on the list of 80s hair metal. I, I consider oh. Kiss. I don't know. Bon Jovi's glam pretty rock, glamorous. And Slash, okay. when he's sober, pretty glamorous. When you search, <laughs> when, when, yeah, you search when, uh, when you search for hair metal on Wikipedia, it says glam metal, also known as hair metal or pop oh. metal, oh. is a subgenre of heavy hmm. metal which features pop-influenced hooks and guitar riffs and borrows heavily from the fashion and image of 70s glam rock. So from the glam 70s rock. glam rock, like Kiss. So you're saying Kiss they have a precursor paved the way and then continued to be 80s, uh, 80s glam rock. Wow, we're talking about the originators here. Wow. But not, wow. not part of the category, not part of the category. Bands listed here include Bon Jovi, uh, Def Leppard, Quiet Riot, Nirvana. Where's Guns N' Roses? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Nobody should be rewarded for misspelling their own last name. 
Did, did you just say Nirvana was considered glam rock? They're, they're not. And uh, they're, they were not from the 80s either. So, yeah. From the yeah. They're in the metal category, but, or sometimes are, but, or hair metal. The internet is sometimes wrong. <laughs> no. The other thing is, Chris has no. his own opinions on things you always thought to uh, yes. get used to. Um, but not yeah. everything's as foolproof as my arguments on the internet. If if you look at like so one of the one of the big things you know um, if you go into like a deep dive on like music uh, like musical <coughs> theory especially like with bands and whatnot you'll notice that a lot, uh, genres have like your hot your starting your highs your lows and your and your walkout right and I'm just Guns and Roses was peak hair band. At, in the, you in don't the late even 80s. like them. I Look, actually it, like listening it, to Bon Jovi. Most people like listening to Bon Jovi. That's why it's still karaoke classics. I mean, people it, don't sing karaoke. When was the last time you heard someone sing Welcome to the Jungle in karaoke? Last time I remember hearing Welcome to the Jungle on that Simpsons episode. You know what? I'm going to go to karaoke and sing Welcome to the Jungle just for that. And maybe that's a sweet child of mine going too. As a gardener myself, I can tell you 100% certainty you should never mix guns and roses. First the ozone layer and now guns and roses. I mean, when will it end? When the world accepts them as hair Bon Jovi, very slippery when wet, and that's you know everyone loves kisses. A great, a great motto for the current climate crisis because that's what we're all. Okay, I think I think we we can wrap it up. And Davin, I think I'm going to. I didn't start with me. I didn't start with Max. Um, they, they made some good points against you, uh, that, that, it was, that it's glam rock, um, that it wasn't really the 80s. I mean, they were still around in the 80s, but they started in the 70s. I respect your decision, and they're tearing <laughs> apart of my argument. Now, um, Jessica and Max, you were trying to argue against each other that neither band is, is uh, 80s, 80s hair band. Um, I consider them both 80s hair bands. So, well, I didn't. I didn't. No, I just said Bon Jovi is a contender. Um, bon Jovi is a contender. Um, like, what I what I'm not happy about Max is he didn't he didn't <laughs> even bother to mention their album Appetite for Destruction. Tell us that it came out in 1988. But I, 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 I mentioned that the the, the, the songs are like "Welcome to the Jungle," "Night," or uh, um, "Mr. Brown's Home," "Paradise City," "Sweet Child of Mine." Those are all out of the 80s. Like I, I just didn't mention the actual album. Okay, it came out in 1988, and uh, Jessica mentioned the album "Slippery When Wet." All the songs that came off that album definitely an album released in the 80s. Uh, I think 1986, or maybe even before that. Um, so Jessica's getting this point. Sorry, Mac. I, hey, I didn't think I was winning that one to begin with. <laughs> when, when, I, when I came out swinging with, I hate 80s music or hate 80s hair bands. So. Yeah. The real I losers are the people who go and look the up these bands round, afterwards. But this was not yeah. one of the ones I thought I would win. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, that means that, um, unfortunately, Max is eliminated from the speed round. Uh, we, we hope that Max can stick around and still um, um, give his op opinions uh, about uh, who's gonna who's doing better in the speed round. We have the private chat over there. You can uh, type what you like in there. Yeah, um, maybe Max, if you can just turn off your camera for this, uh, that would probably be the okay. All right, <laughs> All right. and uh, let Chris now take us into speed round. All right, here we go. So. Go
going into the speed round, um, there are a possible six points to pick up here. Um, so it, it's still anybody's game, but we do have Davin ahead currently um, four and Jessica with two. Um, like I said, these questions are going to be a lot easier. Uh, it's just the first one who jumps in and says and says their, their answer out loud gets that answer. Uh, the other person has to pick somewhere else. You get 30 seconds. You get 30 out. seconds in this round, and, and then it will be only a minute and a half for the, the argument round or rebuttal round. Okay, let's start with the first question in uh, music. Uh, where is it better to watch a movie, at home or in the theater? At home. Theater. You get home, and you got 30 seconds. For one, I make better popcorn in the theater, and I don't charge you 20 bucks for it. Um, I also don't charge for water. Um, TVs at home are plenty big, and sound systems are great now. Theaters are becoming irrelevant, as we've seen. They may or may not bounce back from the current pandemic. We'll see. But, you know, you can have your blankets. The seats at the theaters are so uncomfortable. Um, some you, some people may say the crowd at the theater makes it better, but I don't know. I want to see what I'm watching. I don't need it's not a sporting event. I don't need cheering and stuff at a movie, you know. I just like to relax at home, eat my non twenty dollar popcorn or whatever I like. Okay, thanks, Alvin. And I guess uh, you have to choose theater, Jessica. Ah, I don't mind. I have a love theater. I mean, COVID. One of the things that made me sad was not going to the theater. I love going to the theater, and I have such good memories. I love the clapping. I love it. I mean, one of my best memories was going to the theater. I'd never seen Star Wars before. The re-release, whatever you think of it, it was the first time I'd watched A New Hope. And when the Death Star blew up, everyone stood up and cheered. And like one of my like defining memories of going to the movie, and like one of my favorite recently, even watching the Marvel movies when like Thor showed up uh, in Avengers. Um, like the lightning came down, everyone cheered. It's like a, a like a going together with other people. It's amazing. It's fun to experience these things with other people. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Davin. Do you want to argue any of those points? You can watch a movie with other people at home. The thing is, you get to choose who those people are. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a collective like experience. I mean, that's like saying going and seeing sports. Like, won't just watch sports at home. It's like, why bother going to a football game? Why gotta go to a baseball game? I could just watch it at home on the TV. Sports are also better at home on the TV. I mean, yeah, but why do people go? They love see. the crowd experience. They love the cheering. And honestly, I love the twenty dollar popcorn. <laughs> it's one of the things I love so <laughs> it's much. It's okay. Flavor. You've never had mine. Great. Oh man, whatever that stuff that they pretend <laughs> is butter is amazing. I can't say you can get butter, but. You actually have to ask specifically for butter. What kind of organization is this? Like, oh, I like the fake stuff, man. The real butter it just makes me feel like I'm eating lobster. <laughs> but you know what? Well, it's, you know here in Nova Scotia, we respect. Not everyone can afford surround sound <laughs> and giant TVs at home. Accessible, going to the theater, it's it's still cheaper than having a giant screen TV. Not everyone can afford that, but a lot of people can afford to go to the movies at least once. You can go to three movies at the theater and or buy a big screen TV. No, not everyone can afford a big screen TV. Come on, these things are like thousands of dollars. They do if they I go to the theater. $12. I your own food. Let's face it, everyone snuck in their own food. My friend made a sandwich in the front row once. Like, so now we're condoning <laughs> dishonest practices to. just to enjoy something when you could just be at home being an honest citizen and enjoying the movie. Stuff at home. Not everyone can afford to watch stuff at home. Like, the screen TVs are expensive, man. Like, you know, I think everybody has a screen TV. now. Pretty much. Especially if you're going to waste oh, that much money. No one's going to... Buying, spending $20 on popcorn if you can't afford a TV is probably not uh, a you great thing. That's why I said you can sneak in your food. Oh, um, time's up, time's up for this we were one. talking about how great their food works. 
I know, but if you can't afford it, you can't Now you have to it, sneak man. your own in when you can just stay If home. you want to, if yeah. you want to. Time's <laughs> <laughs> up. Um, we've had some other people chime in on, on Facebook and in the private chat here. Uh, and the one I think argued the best here uh, was Jessica. So Jessica, I guess this <laughs> Thanks, Tiffany. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's move on to uh, our TV round. Um, growing up, oh, go. I forgot about the bell. Uh, growing up, what was the best Saturday morning cartoon? Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, uh, you're, you're going first, Gavin. Turtles in the Half Shell, Turtle Power, taught us lessons, taught us to be powerful, taught us to be friends, taught us to love pizza. And always listen to your sensei or parents, you know, interchangeable. Um, it, it's it spun off countless, countless uh, spinoffs, movies, cartoons since then. Um, none that I think are quite as beloved as the original. But if we're, it, we're not time specific in this question, you can pick any of these turtle shows and they're all quite good, actually. Some of these new ones are, I've seen as well. Um, memorable characters. Okay, uh, Jessica, have you thought of anything yet? Yes, thank you, Jeff. X-Men, good answer. <laughs> I was so blanking. I kind of missed my age. I kind of missed like the golden era of 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 cartoons of like those things. But I remember X-Men. X-Men is amazing. Oh my god, the theme song is amazing. Um and oh god, what a good cartoon. Like, oh man, I loved Gambit. I had a huge crush. I love Gambit and Rogue together. Good stories, the whole like to the future thing and coming back and preventing like the, the apocalypse. And man, you're invested. What a great story, long, long-term storytelling, but also short-term great episodes. So iconic characters, Rogue's voice acting, everyone's voice acting was amazing. And the theme song, like who doesn't get hyped when they hear the X-Men theme song? Da -da 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 Depends if you're listening to the Ninja Turtles theme song. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, why is that better than X-Men? Well, it's spun off better video games and better follow-up cartoons, to be honest. Look, I love the X-Men. I love the X-Men more than I love the Ninja Turtles by a mile but not because of that cartoon the last season's unwatchable the animation's notoriously like not good for the x-men seems good but so is the ninja turtles theme um the story the the animation was better in the ninja turtles and in like the the, the the camaraderie you know it was the, the x-men was a lot of the same thing everyone always said cyclops always had the same reaction wolverine always had the same reaction gambit every episode was very formulaic whereas the ninja turtles had a lot of weird crazy stuff going on like the X-Men had a very irrelevant character. Just had women for one. <laughs> There's actually women in the X-Men. April O'Neil is a champion one, of one feminine. woman, one woman <laughs> versus many powerful. No, there was there was Irma. Women. There was Irma. Uh, I loved Rogue. I thought she was great, but Storm is also great. I mean, Jean Grey, I could take her leave, but you know, you know, <laughs> there's someone for everyone. I love the THB Ninja Turtles, but you know, honestly, more for iconic for me was the 80s live action films. That's what again, I remember when I think of the This isn't time specific. There, there were more X-Men cartoons, but they were all really bad. Whereas the Turtles, the subsequent series were all kind of well thought of and are really so good the, stories the and stuff that came the character. the one that you said was the best was actually better than the one well it's the most thought of i think because it, it it spawned it all like turtles existed in comics before then but nobody cared it was that cartoon that just made the brand and it's one of the biggest brands of the, of the 90s speed round, speed round we gotta go fast <laughs> <Jeff>. nope. <laughs> one okay one, four turtles 
Um, reading reading the comments over here, I, I just want to say that uh, Max wrote Scooby, and if Max was in this, he might have he might have gotten his first point ever. Scooby's good. Um, oh, I'm on the wrong. I didn't see. Oh, but the, the one who argues, <laughs> the one who argues this one the, the best I do love I do love both cartoons um, Scooby was better than both of these but I am gonna have to go with uh, Davin and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Thank yeah. you for the point, but um, yeah. I like X Men better. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you said X Men, I was like, no. <laughs> I totally blanked. I was thank God for Jeff, where I would have been like, uh, I would have said Captain Planet. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go take a shower after all those bad things I said about the X Men. I know it's tough to fight against things that you like. I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I don't. Okay. Um, music round. Uh, let's let's keep the speed round going. Did we do music already? I think he said music, but he meant movies. I think. We, yeah, we did. We did movies first. We did movies first. He, just, he said music instead of oh. movies. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. music. Okay. Yeah, it's music. So we're on, we're on music now. Um, There's a yes or no question. So whoever gets in first uh, gets gets their pick. Uh, will auto-tune hurt the music industry? Yes. No. Okay, I'm glad you chose different answers. Uh, I guess we'll start with Davin. He was in first. Where do I begin? Um, <laughs> auto-tune is an abomination. I don't get it. It doesn't even sound good. Like if you take... A song that has auto-tune in it removes the auto-tune. It's immediately a way better song, sounding like it's from a unique person rather than just the same karaoke robot singing every pop song that comes out these days. Like So many things. All these auto-tune songs are not going to stand the test of time. No one's going to be able to stand to listen to them even five years from now. <laughs> okay. Jessica, rebuttal. Uh, I think no. Auto-tune has run for ages. How could it hurt the music industry? I mean, the question is, whether it's more or do you like it or not, will it hurt the music industry? No, and it hasn't hurt the music industry. There's plenty of stars out there that can't sing, but they're popular. <laughs> and people still listen to them. And also, the more subtle it gets, the more less you notice it. A lot of the old bands that you love and people go on nostalgia tours, actually, they tweak their voices live at the time. I think Spice Girls had that too. So you might not notice it. Um, uh, like, it's not like the robot voice that people heard and it makes the nostalgic experience better for people that maybe aren't up to snuff anymore in their performance techniques and their voices okay how does it hurt the music industry the what makes the music industry musicians what's a, a not a benefit to musicians people who don't have musical talent getting that share of the viewership and the listenership and it hurts hurts live music it <laughs> the way I mean it's uh, not really I mean musicians are having a hard time making a living and making money right now and I blame auto tune <laughs> I, I don't think so man I've been around for ages and talent has really never been a version that you needed like going back even to the beginnings of music you didn't need to be talented you just had to have the right marketing it's not oh hurt. I don't think that's true it, it's you can't hide sure. anything. Back. Okay, look at you rock and roll, man. I mean, I love Elvis Presley, but really, he was just stealing like black music and presenting it his own. True, so but he could sing. He, he could sing. sing. He could. We're sing. not talking about who wrote, writes the best music he here. Didn't write the music. He didn't make the music. I'm just saying, Auto Tune has been or something similar has been around forever. Have you ever heard the Red Hot Chili Peppers live? Ugh. Oh my God, terrible! But you know, like Auto Tune probably would help them a lot in that case. <laughs> 
a lot of the bands that you think are great and you listen to them album, you hear them live and it's like, oh, so you know what? But a lot of people, they still are good musicians. They just aren't great live performances. And either whether I like it or not, it hasn't hurt the music industry. It hasn't for the last like 30 years it's been around and it's not going to. Um, so I would hope my a talented doctor would be able to perform live. I think there actually is a bit more of a connection between those two things. A good musician can perform their craft live. Okay. They speak about uh, that in the Blues Brothers. Time's up, guys. Uh, a lot of great points here. Um, uh, Jessica, I have seen the Red Hot Chili Peppers live. It was in 1993. I don't know how they have been since then, but they were fantastic. <laughs> Just let me tell you. Oh, oh, I'm just saying I've heard them live now and the, the, it's not great. <laughs> Thanks to Auto-Tune. They even ruined the Chili Peppers. Um, but but Jessica, Time did. Jessica, despite, <laughs> despite, despite hurting my feelings on that point, uh, on, on that point about the Chili Peppers, I'm still giving this point to you um, because I think the argue better. It's not going to affect the music industry. I agree. The music industry will persist, but I do think all the songs are bad. Oh yeah, I'm not morally saying it's not bad. Yes, <laughs> it's disappointing when you you show up to the concert and you're like, oh god, why are they don't do they sound any good? So we, we have got a, a, a close match going here now uh, with three questions left. We have a uh, Gavin at five and uh, Jessica with four now. Close Ooh. race. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> under the sports, under the under the sports now. Um. Oh God! I think someone did touch on this a, a bit earlier, um, but I'm going to just ask it as a yes or no question right now. Is pro wrestling a real sport? No. Yes. yes. Okay. Glad you chose opposite answers. Um, but Davin, you did say no first, so let's hear your argument. Real sports aren't scripted. Next question. Okay. You know, you know what, you know what, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs don't say to the Montreal Canadiens before the game. What moves do you want to do, and who wins? <laughs> it's it's barely like it's barely sports entertainment, which is the the thing they throw around. It's not even that. It's just like slippery dudes in underwear, like dancing and putting on a show. It's not a sport. It's less of a sport than other things people call into question as sports. Nope. Okay. Nope. 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 Darts. Sports has a wider definition than team sports. There's lots of sports. Yeah. You have a sports athletic body, gymnasts and stuff. That's scripted. That's all that stuff. Spear skating, that's scripted. I mean, that has a beginning, middle, and end, but that doesn't mean the athleticism is not there. And that's the same as professional wrestling. These people put their bodies on the line every day. You take a choke slam from on there to die, and you tell me that that is not hard. What these people do is hard. You see the like a tope out the out the ring, um, going off the off the freaking top of the steel cage. Um, yeah, so it may be scripted, but what these people do, what these professionals do and what they have to do, you can see a wrestler who doesn't keep up like the undertaker and, um, someone who is at the top of their game, like the universe, like it is a sport and you, you can be athletic and not partake in a sport. Dancers are athletic. Gymnast, gymnasts, you say it's scripted. It's, it's not scripted. They have their routines, but the competition show, is between incredible. different people and that their interactions are not scripted. Their finalities in the competition Watch. are not scripted. Even if the there's, ending li is There's scripted. literally nothing you can say about professional wrestling that makes it a sport other than like okay, the dudes and the ladies are jacked. Between the Penta brothers and the Young Bucks, uh, like the ladder match or a Kenny Omega match and Jericho even. Yeah, like, we used to have them in my backyard when I was a kid. We weren't yeah, no, I know, but you, you don't have... We were being ridiculous children. 
it, it, no, these, these are live there's people who are training in sports actually had to people putting their bodies on the line. They're doing flips. They're doing amazing maneuvers with their body, just like a gymnast, just like stuff. People watch at the Olympics. You can become a professional wrestler the literal second after you fail at your sport. sport. <laughs> then uh, you become a professional wrestling wrestler. Takes a lot of skill. It is a learned skill. It sure. Is a so does being a doctor. To watch. So does uh, what? being a firefighter. Everything takes. There's a lot of things yeah, that take physicality and are hard. It mean, doesn't no, make it a sport. It, it is a sport, uh, regardless of whether it's scripted. It, it is a sport, and if Just, you watch a really good wrestling match, uh, you but, can see that it doesn't matter. But it's not a match. It's a result. performance. It is calling a it a match. The, all the things that you could say that make it a sport are just like words they want you to use, but they aren't real. Like this, there's, there's, it's not sports. What is real? What is real? I mean, come that on. It's a match. It? There's no match. A match. It's not okay, a match. Yeah, like basketball. If you were to look up what a match yeah. is in the dictionary, I don't think it'll say something that's scripted between two people. Time's up here, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Jamil. That was a hot one. <laughs> okay, this, uh, this is a debate I've been. Jamil doesn't get to pick the winner. Jamil uh, <laughs> does not get to pick the winner. <laughs> um, uh, Max actually here uh, agrees with uh, uh, with you, Davin. So uh, I always this, like Max. This is a this is a tough call. This is a tough call. But I, I, Jessica, I really liked your argument of, uh, about the, uh, the gymnasts and the figure skaters, uh, and, and that's all scripted. Um, so I'm, I'm competition is point. <laughs> Even closer now. It's even closer, and and the questions are going to get weirder. All right, uh, <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing history next. I'm guessing we're doing history. Uh, you know that's my favorite category. Your favorite? Yep, I know. Yeah. Uh, okay. There's there's two choices here. So whoever picks theirs first gets it. Uh, what invention or discovery uh, changed the world more? Electricity or the wheel? Electricity. Okay. Let's uh, start with you then, David. Now, the argument could be made that without the wheel, we maybe wouldn't have gotten to electricity. And I, I don't think that's the argument we should focus on here. The wheel led to um, advancements in agriculture and in transportation, but that is basically the limits of what it's given us. Whereas electricity, the limits of are still not known like what we're going to get because of the inventions of electricity. This very thing we're talking on right now doesn't need wheels, but it's a lot of fun. And thank you, electricity. Okay, um, Jessica, hear it. Yeah, I, I guess, uh, yeah, I think the wheel, I <laughs> kind of actually argued my point is that um, to get to uh, what, where we are now, like the wheel was like one of the like, great inventions like it allowed people to move more things around to great that create bigger better things like everything that came before um was built on that including like water wheels and you know the beginning <laughs> of electricity um water power is one of them like uh the wheel like uh, like the industrial revolution didn't have electricity i i argued your point for you because it was such a bad point um the the things that it gives us the transportation we don't need a wheel for we can use a boat we can use an airplane all because of electricity or you know wind but certainly electricity helps a lot um even the advancements in agriculture you get from the wheel you could still we could still now if we skipped the wheel altogether and went right to electricity 
we could develop things that don't have wheels that do the agriculture for us. Um, again, the limits are unknown. We could go to space because of uh, electricity. We could do anything. Um, electricity just allows more technologies to be made, whereas a wheel is a wheel. Yeah, but you have to think of what came before and what what changed. I grant you that it came before, but that's you wouldn't get electricity without the industrial revolution. And the industrial revolution didn't have electricity, but it did have trains, uh, which ran on tracks with wheels and steam power. And like the wheel was led to what we have today. Like you, it's like a pyramid. Or did human engineer the foundation? It's the foundation of what came after. So like you couldn't have yours without the wheel. Like the wheel was necessary and it changed so much for um uh, like from basic down all the way up to the industrial revolution like this was a necessity and it needed to to be there so i mean yours is built on the wheel like electricity it's not built on the wheel i grant i i would argue that we could get to the electricity without that some caveman or cave lady in like rolling a rock down and being like oh that's a wheel electricity we could have okay, figured out um, people, people were harnessing uh, canals and water power we'll like, it's far, farther back than the wheel time's up guys uh i realized this was a stupid question because i believe we need both things yeah <laughs> they're both good yeah. they're both good um but do we need like, anymore it, it it all comes down to uh who argued better and i think uh, i'm yes, going with Navin on this one um, yeah yeah thank you there Okay, final question. And oh my. Unless Jessica gets this point. Oh no. All right. Okay, final yes or no question. First one in uh, gets the answer. And uh, this question's being asked on the internet. It's it's being debated all over the internet both ways. Is a hot dog considered a sandwich? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. <laughs> Um, well, I can tell you from personal experience that sandwiches can be made from every type of bread under the, under the sun. Um, you could have your focaccia, you can have your hot dog bun, you can have, you know, you can have a, a hamburger bun. A hamburger is still a sandwich as well. Um, anything I think between, it doesn't have to be like a sandwich between, but you know, wedged into a slice of bread because even a sub is called a submarine sandwich it's not complete you can just shoving stuff in there of course it's like a sub okay um jessica oh man yeah i mean anything is technically something if you kind of argue enough but a hot dog is in and of itself <laughs> it's its own special category of the hot dog like come on that's its own thing it's you know it's elevated beyond the category of generic sandwich it is its own thing it's a beautiful thing uh you know like yeah you're not gonna go like let's go to a baseball game and 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 grab a sandwich like no no you you want a hot dog you want a hot dog yeah like it's a hot dog is its own thing it's its own it's been elevated it's been taken to different places it's amazing and it's uh, not a sandwich people also go to cafes and restaurants and say you know what i would like a club i would like a reuben there's a lot of sandwiches that have their own names and stand above that. Like you, if you have a restaurant that serves lunch, you have to have a good club. You don't have to have a good sandwich. You got to have a good club sandwich. It's its own thing. Um, just like a hot dog, just like a, a grilled it's, cheese it's, sandwich. Technically, it should be two pieces of bread. Hot dog is one piece of bread. And then you've kind of shoved the dog. Like a sub. So yeah, like. Like a sub, like a hero sandwich, like a, 
But a sub is still a sub if you cut that line. That's just kind of like that. That's still a sub. Exactly. The 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 cutting of the bread doesn't really matter. If you cut that that bun in half and put it one on top of the other, that ceases to become like a hot dog anymore. Like it's integral. Like it's it's really that happens halfway through the hot dog anyway, as I recall. I don't remember. I'm a vegetarian, but as I recall, that's how it used to go. It it is really one piece of bread. It is one piece of bread, not two pieces of bread. There's a lot of sandwiches that aren't called sandwiches. In fact, most of them aren't. Anything between two slices of bread or in put into slices of bread. If I put a piece of bread on the top of the earth and one at the bottom, does the earth become a sandwich? No. Uh, Just if you want a a fact (laughs) here, a sandwich is a food typically consisting of vegetables, sliced meat or cheese placed on or between slices of bread. Or more generally, any dish wherein bread serves as a container or wrapper to another food type. Like a hot dog. As it wraps around the hot dog. The bread. It wraps around the hot dog. And then you put vegetables. And, uh, vegetables? Who puts vegetables on their hot dog? Oh, people love sauerkraut on there. That's cabbage. That's True, a but it's like fermented. I mean, it's not vegetable. It's not like cucumber. Ketchup is made from tomato, and without ketchup, you wouldn't have... I mean, ketchup is not technically <laughs> vegetable anymore. It's zero <laughs> nutritional value. <laughs> okay, time's up, guys. Um, if you want to look this up on the internet, you will see that people have had tons of debates about this. Um, <laughs> going going both ways. I've seen it on Facebook. I've seen it on other websites. Um, but Davin uh, definitely argued this one better. Um, so the point goes to him. And... Thank you. Gracias. Jessica, you, you had this. This was um, seven to five. Uh, you had a great run today, um, and and thanks. And Davin, um, I, I I hope I don't have to um, compete against you anytime in the future um, <laughs> because you're 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 argue, you you can argue pretty well, especially for your first time uh, ever being on this show. Um, and maybe thanks. Sure. Bring Max back in and say and say thanks for trying. Yeah, Tune into my debate show at 5 p.m. today. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Atlantic. Chris, time. Chris, you just didn't like my young person views. That's it. That's, that's oh, all. Right. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> all right, I found get, some you, of them offensive. We gotta play the, the the victory music for Dad. <gasps> Is my check in the mail too? Sure. Uh, okay. I, I'll come. I'll come back too. Ah, <laughs> uh, there goes there goes the neighborhood, guys. All right. This is our producer Dave Mater. Um, Dave, do you want to do the closing notes? Uh, sure, I will. Um, okay. So where to start? Um, thank you for tuning into this episode of Trivial Debates. Uh, here I'm just gonna I'm gonna come over here and be big um thank you for uh we hope you enjoyed it great job chris i know those were you had some tough uh decisions you had to make there there were some great arguments uh great job uh even to you max even though jody was throwing shade at you uh in the chat <laughs> what a say, shock say, jody was throwing could, shade at me say it ain't so couldn't even take one round he says <laughs> the sharks fail but max is saying that chris you were biased against max's young person views are you ageist I I am not ageist. Um, Debatable. Oh, oh, the okay. Oh, this is my prize. This is my winning prize. Saturday morning cartoons. How did neither of you say Spider Man? Because the X Men show was better than the Spider Man show, no, but only it was by a little. Not. 
by a little. If you would have just oh. brought him out from the get-go, you would have just won from the beginning. The... This baby... is her, actually. This is Edith. Her... Oh, baby good. Edith. Okay, I'm not the only one that dresses my baby, my baby girl in Spider-Man outfits. She's so I... cute. Uh, oh, you should have won. You win all You should have won. You can have all of Daddy's points. Won. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, yeah, so uh, we do this this show every month, uh, Trivial Debates. Uh, so we'll have one at the end of October. But maybe it will be Halloween-themed or something like that. Um, it will be the last Sunday of October, which I guess in this case will be October 31st. Actually, it will be Halloween itself. So um, so get ready for that. Also, check out our other channels, including Super Mater Brothers Podcasting. That's our channel where we talk about uh, scripted and unscripted uh, shows that are uh, well, specifically not Star Trek because we also have a Star Trek theme channel. And so on, on Super Mater Brothers podcasting, we're talking about Big Brother uh, season twenty three. We have been for twelve weeks now. We're gonna be on tonight to talk about the final three um, uh, first part of the HOH. Jamil Robinson, Jeff Mater, and I uh, breaking that all down. We're also covering Survivor right now. Uh, if you're a season forty one that just started, we uh, we did the premiere on Wednesday and also a draft and a and a cast preview uh, earlier this week. And also on Super Mater Brothers podcast, we talk about other shows, including Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. Uh, we did Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. We're going to be talking about the new Marvel What If series. It's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, there's one more episode to go. And once all the episodes are out, we're going to be uh, diving into that. Uh, and if you like shows like Tiger King or like shows like Tiger King or like The Serpent or uh, Westworld, we've talked about those shows, too. Plus, Live Long and Podcast is our Star Trek theme channel where we talk about new and old Star Trek, and we even do Star Trek radio theater and things like that. So on mo most Monday nights, we talk about Star Trek, the original series. Uh, we've been talking about every episode along with Jody Simpson, Adam Woodward, and my dad, and Jeff's been in there, and Ashley Millard. Uh, we only have five to go. Uh, we're, we're taking a couple weeks off as uh, people are off uh, right now. We got but. If you like Star Trek, the original series, check that out. If you like Star Trek, D Space Nine, we've been talking about every episode in order for uh, a while now, over a year now. Uh, and into season four right now, we're going to be talking about Arman Bashir this coming Tuesday. And the new shows we've been talking about, including Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, Davin and I and Jeff and Jamil have been covering that every week for seven weeks now. Uh, talking about Star Trek Lower Decks and those episodes. And when that wraps... Actually, we're going to be doing uh, Star Trek Prodigy along with Jessica and Davin. So I was glad you guys got a chance to uh, to meet today uh, as we'll be all on that panel talk. That's the new children's show that's going to be on Nickelodeon. Um, so a couple, uh, both parents with young kids. I think this is going to be a good panel to uh, to, to, to uh, take in that show. Uh, Star Trek Discovery will be starting up in November, and we'll be covering that with Michael Chan and uh, and Adam Woodward, and uh, Star Trek Picard in the new year. So, and then Strange New Worlds, I guess, down the, the road. Plus, Star Trek Radio Theater, and we have a ton of episodes there where we do the script reads. Uh, most of a lot of us have been on those episodes, and we'll be we'll be kicking up with those as soon as like Big Brother and all these other podcasts die down. So it's um, get back to doing those again. So I think those are all the shows. Also, want to plug Davin's uh, uh, podcast, which is called Look. Computers of Trek, which is another Star Trek themed podcast he does with his friend Dave uh, out of Nova Scotia. And I'm going to be on there tonight uh, or this afternoon, I guess, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern over on your channel. Uh, Davin, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we're going. Uh, I started to feel antiquated, not doing any live stream stuff, hanging out with you guys. So we're Locutors of Trek is going video. We call it Locutors of Trek on screen. On screen. <laughs> on screen. On screen. And we're Very we're fun. gonna we're gonna start things off with a debate nine, another debate show, but a little different than this one. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, gonna so be fun. 
tune day. into that. That starts Maybe at 4 p.m. You a bit, yeah, 4 p.m. Eastern today. And uh, with that, Chris, the floor is yours to just take us away for today's um, episode. Well, um, just thanks everyone for uh, for for being here and and competing today. Uh, again, congratulations to Davin, first time on the show, first win, um, perfect record. Um, congrats to Max for for giving it his all. And that's uh, had a perfect record. And uh, <laughs> congrats, congrats to Jessica for Sorry for ruining your perfect record. Really well. Um, and with that, I guess I'll I'll see everybody next time. All right, here we go. Thanks. Uh, See you later, guys. Oh, thank you.